how are we going to get to financial freedom? Because that doesn't just happen. We have to be intentional. We have to be focused. We need to be regular checking in and making sure that we're having these conversations. When there's that transparency and there's this respect and there's this communication, it's actual trust. I know without a shadow of a doubt, you are going to manage our money the way that it is supposed to be managed. Welcome to the Rad Money Podcast. We're your hosts, Dylan and Rebecca, and and we're we're Rad Rad Coaches. Coaches. Early on in our relationship, we decided that we didn't want to become a divorce statistic because we weren't on the same page about finances. Now we've been together for 10 years, married for six, and we help millennial couples manage money together so they can build wealth and strengthen their marriage just like we have. So do you and your spouse want to build wealth together? Do you want to design a life where you don't have to worry about money? Do you want complete confidence in your financial future? If you're like us, you want all of the above. But how do you get on the same page so you can start building wealth without feeling awkward or worse, starting an argument? In this podcast, we'll help you set your finances and your marriage up for success. So you can focus on the more important things in life, like quality time with each other and living a life of purpose. Welcome to this episode of the Rad Money Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about what every couple must do if they want to reach financial freedom. The non-negotiables. The things that if you want to reach financial freedom, you just have to do them. And so last week we were talking about a lot of things that you shouldn't do. And those shouldn'ts would prevent you from reaching financial freedom. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and see, are you doing any of these things? These are things we'd want to eliminate from our typical financial habits. But today we're going to be talking specifically, what can you do to start setting yourself up for success so that you and your spouse can reach financial freedom together. Yeah, so what are the five things that if you have the goal of reaching financial freedom, you're paying off your debt, you want to reach these financial goals, what are five things that you really have to get good at? And like I said, they're non-negotiables. So there's five things. The first one is that you have to learn to budget effectively. Yes, we are absolutely hitting that point again because you just can't get anywhere if you don't know how to budget, and especially if you don't know how to budget effectively, because anybody can slap some numbers down on a piece of paper. Not everybody can actually follow through and make the budget and their money do what they want it to do, align their actions with the budget. And so to be effective with budgeting, there's really two primary pieces to the budget. The first part is to make a plan for all the income that you're going to bring in throughout the month. The second is then to track that income and your expenses throughout the month to make sure that you're staying on track. If you notice that you're spending a lot more in a certain category, do you need to make any adjustments? People really make the mistake is they think a budget is one of two things. Oh, I just track all my expenses. Well, that's not very helpful if you don't know what you're doing with that. Why bother tracking if you don't have a plan for how much you're spending in every category? Or you just make a plan and then at the end of the month, you're like, okay, next plan. But are you really doing anything with that? Like, That's like the bare minimum. Make a plan, follow up on the plan every week. Yeah. And the reason that we're just, we always come back to budgeting is because we want you to do this before, honestly, you ever come and work with us. We need you to be like on the budget bandwagon because it's, it is just like that important. It's that like critical elementary sort of thing that you have to do so that we can talk about the really fun stuff. So you get it out of the way. And then we'll get to talk about the building wealth stuff, right? And so that's why we created an online course so that you can do this on your own stinking time. And then when you ever come to work with us, either, you know, join a group coaching or something like that, then you are like, all right, let's go. How do I make it better? How do I streamline this budget? How do I just like get to that next level? 
And then also I can see as your coach, I can look at your numbers and see, you know, your ins and your outs, your cash flow, all this stuff. And I can say, all right, here's how to optimize. Here's how to get really good. And now you're going to reach financial freedom so much faster than if you were to just try to wing it, essentially. So if you want to take that online course, the link is in the show notes. But this is, I mean, we're just not kidding. Like, you just have to get this out of the way. Yeah, it's going to show you how to make that plan, how to choose your categories, how to break down those categories so that they're specific enough, but not so specific that it's overwhelming. It's going to show you how to track, how often you should track. And then the best part is, once you get really good at this, you can start to like, you don't have to have this like crazy every week we're tracking and doing all this forever. You just got to build the habit and the muscle. And then you can start to like not worry about it as much. But if you aren't reaching your goals, if you're saying to yourself, oh, I think I should be making more moves with my money and you're not, you have to get, get into this and dig into the details. And then once you start to see traction, keep going and really build that muscle. And then eventually you can just, it's going to become autopilot. Yeah. This is what people don't get is that when you budget and you check in weekly and you do all this stuff, you really master your habits. You make sure that like, you're like, all right, my money's doing what I want it to do. And you've changed your behaviors to like align your, what you want to do with what you're actually doing. You get to stop budgeting as much. Like we're at the point where we have a check-in once a month and we're like, yeah, okay, cool. Because we're that habitual. Like the habits are just, you know, we know what we do with our money and where it's going. And most people who have been really attentive to their finances, that's how they end up doing too. They don't have to check in on it as much because they've gotten so good at managing their money and making sure that they're paying themselves first. They're doing all these things. So I think that's a point that just a lot of people don't get is that you really need to be awesome at budgeting and really consistent with it and do it frequently for a while. Right. And then eventually you get to dial it back. So as you're working on the first thing that you need to do, which is budgeting together as a couple, you're obviously going to be working on the second thing that you need to do, which is improve your communication around money. This is just so important. You have to be able to talk about money. Otherwise, how are you going to make any progress? Well, and just improve communication, period. Right. So yeah. I think that that's the, the interesting thing is like when you learn to Talk about money consistently is just going to help you be a better communicator in general within your relationship. So it makes it easier to talk about other really hard things. We make this point a lot throughout the podcast that when you're able to talk about money, even when it makes you a little bit uncomfortable, then that helps you to talk about things that are maybe even bigger and scarier that you need or want to talk about, but you've been avoiding. Right. Yeah. Because it money is can be a difficult topic. So if you're working through this difficult topic, like Rebecca's saying, is you'll be able to work through some other difficult topics as well because you're just strengthening that muscle of communication together. Well, and money is just so emotional, right? And I mean, we know how hard it is to get you to talk about your emotions. Seth, Me? Talking about my emotions? I don't know what you're talking about. I'll, I'm, all, I'm all about you're, the emotions. Yeah, you're so good at it. Yeah, it's I definitely... I'm so good at talking about emotion. <laughs> um, so, yeah, okay. So you get the point. The, the second thing is to improve your communication. And the other thing is to, if you feel as though you are really resistant to talking about money and having these sorts of conversations, I want to encourage you to dig deep into that, to self-reflect on why you find it difficult to talk about money. Mm -hmm. Really just dig deep and keep listening to this podcast because we're going to pr be providing a lot of insights as to like how you can do that. But if you're resistant to these conversations, really start to identify and dig deep into why that is 
And that's going to be the, the starting point. That is 100% the starting point. Yeah. Okay. And so improving your communication is super important. And it's actually going to get really easy to do because of the next step, which is to have money dates. So you're literally yes. going to be scheduling how often you're going to be talking about money. So that's going to f- kind of force you to improve communication in general, but especially improve communication about money. Yes. So these money dates are an opportunity for you to discuss what's going on with your finances, but also just to check in with each other and see how you're feeling about money. Like, is there anything that's going on that's stressing you out? Are you able to make a little bit of extra progress towards one of your financial goals? You know, if if we aren't talking about money, we aren't regularly sitting down and discussing it. How are we going to get to financial freedom? Because that doesn't just accidentally happen. We have to be intentional. We have to be focused. We need to be regular checking in and making sure that we're having these conversations so that we get there. Because it's just not like, oh, I accidentally landed here. This was an intentional action that got me there. Well, and what a lot of people, I think, get wrong too when in these money dates is that it's they just act like it's just about budgeting and just about tracking expenses and you know numbers, numbers, numbers. But it isn't. It's so much more than that. It, it is about what are these bigger goals that we have? What is the, like you're saying, what is the progress that we're making towards it? Or maybe what's getting in our way? How can we encourage each other? And always trying to, you know, keep it, look, keep it focused on what you're trying to accomplish, not just what's going wrong. But the money date is so much bigger than just your budget. It's about designing your life and making sure that your financial decisions, your daily habits and behaviors with how you're using your money is actually aligning with the things that the two of you have talked about in your weekly money dates. I really love the next one, which is create a no questions asked spending limit for each individual. And this is a really big piece to the budget and where people feel resistant to like combine finances and a lot of resistance for finances to work together is they want to remain individuals. But This is where you get to have some individual fun money and get to spend it however you want. And your spouse doesn't get to to say, how much are you spending? Because you've already said, we get to spend X amount of dollars each and every month. No questions asked. It's my money to spend for fun. Yes. And and I think this is so, it's so true about like the concern about maintaining independence when combining finances as a married couple or having, you know, separate bank accounts versus joint, but also like the power struggles within the relationships and feeling like I have to ask for permission or somebody wants to be a little bit maybe more more controlling, not because that's their heart, but because maybe they have a lot of financial anxiety and things like that, right? So you just, you don't really, until you start having these conversations, you don't really know why they're doing what they're doing with their money, right? So we need to create some space for that. But um, having the spending limit, it does. It just gives you that freedom to just do you, no questions asked. And unless it is, you know, more than that. Right. Um, I was about to say, let's say I want to buy a new climbing rack and that's out, out of my typical spending limit range for the month. What do we do? Am I not allowed to have the climbing rack? No, we just need to talk about it. Right. You know, and say, well, how does this align with the other priorities that we have? How does this impact our other goals? And how important is it really to you? You know, because there's going to be trade-offs that are involved. And so being able to set these spending limits is really, really critical to feeling like you have space to just be yourself, do whatever you really want to do up until a point, that limit is going to be different for everybody. Right. You know, it's it's changed throughout our our relationship just depending on how much money we're making at the time. And so exactly. it fluctuates. It it's going to change. With that. It should. Yep. Because it's it's discretionary money. Like it's it's just 
it's extra. Yeah. You know, it's your, I hate the term, but it's your disposable income. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the money that you are just allowing yourself to use just to enjoy life a little bit, right? Yeah. And it's just saying like anything over that is worth a conversation. It doesn't mean that it's a no. Just like, hey, anything over the hundred dollars that we're allowed to spend each and every month, just it's, I want to I want to talk to you about it and let's see how we can make that work or maybe we need to save up for it. Yes. And so what this means is legitimately putting a line item in the budget. Dylan spending money, Rebecca spending money. Yeah, like, that is how it looks. And so I you know, we both do one hundred dollars. We don't spend a lot of money on little on small things, but it's just like that's that's it. And above that, like, let's just chat about it. And that's our personal agreement for how much we think above that. We think it should be a co-decision. Right. So it needs to be in the budget. Each person gets their own line item and track those expenses. And that's that. But how this really supports your journey to financial freedom and why this is really important outside of just just the budget is that not only does it give you this sense of independence, but it also helps you or it also keeps you from slipping into scarcity which is so easy to do when you're trying to really aggressively pay off debt or save up your emergency fund or, you know, whatever you're doing. It's really tempting to just over-optimize and to slip into scarcity where just every extra penny is going towards that goal. And if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But it feels really good to just say, okay, I can give myself permission to spend this amount of money every single month and whether I use it or not, but I think that's really important when you're working towards a huge goal like financial freedom. Well, I don't think people want to give up everything. You were saying like, well, if you want to put every penny towards paying off debt, then that's great. But I don't think most people connect with that at all. No, they, they do they want don't. some flexibility. This is where we talk about the balance. Like when Rebecca and I were on our journey to get out of debt, we didn't just go all in and pay off every bit of debt without having fun along the way. We found ways to balance this out. And so this mm-hmm. gives you that opportunity to say like, Yes, I have a plan. I'm reaching these goals, but I also get a little bit of money to have some fun with. Like Rebecca's saying, it just it prevents you from having scarcity, but also gives you that little bit of flexibility so that you can stay focused on the goal. It helps you really just stay focused on that bigger long-term goal because it's going to take you time to reach financial freedom. Yeah. And so if you're just like consistently not feeling like you get to live your life in the moment and your everything is for the future, everything is for years and years down the line or whatever, like that's just not motivating. Right. It's I mean, these all or nothing mindsets are terrible. And essentially, this prevents you from having an all or nothing mindset on your way to financial freedom. Yeah. So have a no questions asked spending limit. And then the last thing that you really have to do, the must do's to reach financial freedom, don't keep a scorecard. Right. I mean, this is where resentment, blaming, all these sorts of negative things in the money conversations live is when you keep a scorecard. It's like, I'm doing everything right. You are doing everything wrong. That's not going to be a very productive conversation. Yeah, just like putting your spouse under a microscope and picking them apart and, exam- you know, just like, oh, this is how you did with your money and this is what you did with your no questions asked spending limit, but I'm still asking questions. I'm still going to grill you, you know, all that sort of stuff. Is just so toxic to the relationship and you need to just throw that right out the window. For example, when it comes to the no questions asked spending limit, if I'm spending my $100 each and every month and Rebecca isn't spending her money at all, she's not going to be like, hey, Dylan, you keep spending all that money. We begin to our financial goals a lot faster if you weren't spending that $100. That doesn't happen for a lot of reasons like 
I'm the one who never spends any of my money, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the point was it doesn't matter. We agreed that it's okay for Rebecca to spend a hundred dollars a month and I can spend a hundred dollars a month. And it doesn't matter if I spend mine or not. We're not keeping track. We're not keeping score. We're not like I'm not piggy banking this money. It's just if it doesn't get spent that way, it's getting put towards our other goals. And that's what ends up happening. Well, you can do a lot of different things with it. I mean, if you don't end up spending the money, you could put the extra towards your savings. That's completely your prerogative because it's your money. Mm-hmm. It's the amount that like you, you, it's been allocated to you. And so you can choose to either add it to our shared savings if that's what you want to do. Or you could say, well, next month I'd like to make a bigger purchase. And so you could roll it over if you want. Like, right. It totally, like you can come up with whatever kind of rules you want. The point of it is create these norms within your relationship so that it's understood of what's going on, have this communication about what's going on and what your plans are, just so that, just out of, just out of respect. Totally. Just out of respect. It's not permission. It's not anything icky. It's just me saying, I respect you and I respect what we're trying to build together. I honor our marriage and we have bigger goals. And so, you know what? Yeah, I am going to tell you what I'm doing with my money. And we're going to talk about transactions that are over a hundred bucks because I respect you. Right. And you know, that, that creates so much more trust and more independence that a lot of couples are looking for. When you start to actually just openly communicate about your money, about your decisions, and you start working together, when you start doing those things, trust is created and the environment where you can have more flexibility and freedom is created through that open communication. True trust. True trust. Also, because I think that a lot of people, when they kind of blindly just are like, oh, they handle the money and I trust them. On a level you seeing in our research and in our work with people, on a level, yes, you do trust them, but on a deeper level, you want to be more involved. Right. You crave more transparency. You crave understanding. You crave knowing what's happening and why. It's just, it's true. And so, but when there's actually that transparency and there's this respect and there's this communication, it's actual trust. Where Mm -hmm. I, like, I know without a shadow of a doubt you are going to manage our money the way that it is supposed to be managed. And that is just, like, the most relieving thing. It's so freeing. And it's the absolute opposite of just what most people think budgeting together is going to mean. They think it's going to be all of these negative things. It is actual true freedom within your marriage. So that's it. That's it. That's it. That's the whole episode. That's right. I was going to say, mic drop. You You don't need to hear anything else from me. You you made it through. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, we're incredibly passionate about this and we want you to start to have these conversations and more content is going to be coming to help facilitate those for you. Um, so please hit the like button, subscribe, leave us a review, all of the things. Yeah. And if you're trying to start those financial conversations with your spouse, share this podcast with them. It's a great place to start. Let us start the conversations for you. Yes. You know, you know just if there's one person to share it with, share it with your spouse. Yes. I mean, we talked about in our episode about investing in our relationship. One of the biggest things that we do for each other is sharing podcasts together, yeah. listening to podcasts together. And then having a dialogue. What did you think about that? What are your thoughts? How does that make you feel? It's the greatest starting point. And then after that, after you have these discussions and you start to realize, oh, wow, you know, we really need to get better at budgeting. We thought we were budgeting before, but after listening to this, we're missing missing the mark. We There are some things that we're obviously not getting right. 
We have a budgeting course. Again, the link is in the show notes and it's going to walk you through step by step in less than an hour. It's going to show you everything that you need to know to use the tools that we created. That's everything you need, nothing you don't to get your budget down packed, master your cash flow, understand your ins and your outs, and track your net worth as you start making the traction and the progress that we know it's going to help you make. Okay, we know that because we've seen it. Our clients use these tools, we use these tools, and they're really, really effective. So if you figure out that you still have some room for improvement to learn how to budget better, invest in yourself, invest in your relationship, and check out the link in the show notes. And that wraps up today's episode. So until next time, I'm Dylan. And I'm Rebecca. And and we're we're Rad Coaches. Coaches.